welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm your host, Sarah Chilcott. And I'm James Ian MacMillan, born Woo! 1983 in Newport Beach, California. Hi. This is a is very serious podcast. We've been going a while now, guys. We're all about the facts. This is two times in a row, I believe, that we've done double headers. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. A double header of double... Nope, couldn't tie that together. I was trying to do like, you know, we double, double header. It's a quadruple header. Quadruple header. Something that like sounds that. Sounds sexual. It does. It sounds gross. <laughs> sounds dangerous. Well, for our fans... <laughs> our many fans. An entire week has gone by for you guys. And we hope that week that you just had was plentiful and... Plentiful. <laughs> Fruitful and yielded results for yourself. <laughs> what kind of results? <laughs> Whatever results they're going for. You never know. You know, maybe they're writing a movie. Maybe they applied for that big job. I just hope you or maybe cried they made a porn. less than once a day. Yeah, that's that's a bare minimum. Um, and because it's only been 30 minutes-ish since we if finished... That. Our last episode yeah. recording, we don't have any updates for you. Mm-mm. It's still us. It's still us. We're still here. I'm drinking the same coffee, in fact. Yeah. A week ago for you. That's how time Whoa! works. That's the longest coffee you ever drank. You guys are getting a sneak <laughs> peek into production. This is an inside baseball in production. For you, it seems like a week. For us, it's been like 25 minutes. That makes us like time travelers. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it's really made. It's still 52 and cloudy here, and it's still 65 and sunny in Anaheim, okay. in Disneyland. Guys, do you think I could do the trailer voice? Okay, here, like the 19 without Without saying in a world. <clears throat> no, I have to. You have to. In a world. Nope. <clears throat> in a world. <laughs> Better. This summer. No. <clears throat> <laughs> coming, coming this summer. No! Jennifer Aniston <laughs> is a prostitute. <laughs> In a world where Jennifer Aniston is a prostitute. Is that pretty good? No. It was pretty terrible, actually. Damn it. Sorry. I hear it in my head. I'm like, I got that. There's that guy. I know. Have you ever the seen super, the movie super In a World? Lo- yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's also starred and directed by, you know who, Ashley. Lake Bell. That's my gal. I know. That's my gal. She also <laughs> directed at least one episode of Pam and Tommy. Oh, that's right. She sure did that. Oh, Whoa. I still haven't gotten to that. Dude. Dude. Dude, there's a new one. Oh, that's the night. There's a scene. Oh, man, there's a scene in that show. You can't say a single word to me. You'll I haven't know seen what any I mean. of it. When I say there's a scene. Okay. <laughs> you'll know. It's so good. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Well, well, shall we? <laughs> anyway. Do I do the... No, we're not doing the weather. No, None no. Because we already, already did, did She just yelled the weather over what you were saying, and it's all good. Okay, today's episode is going to be about some of my favorite sad Disney fan theories. <laughs> but... Like that? No. No. Sad, like, tragic... That yeah. people are so right. sick. They're going to kind of like make you sad about your favorite films that you've seen. I okay. can't wait. Oh yeah. boy. Disney psycho fans. Here we go. But first, let's play overrated, underrated. You just threw a butt first. I like that. I always put my butt first. 
As you should. <laughs> she enters rooms butt first. Hi, I'm Ashley. <laughs> Hello. 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 Doesn't that go with your would you rather? You would yes. rather see people's butts? That's right. Exactly. Our cat Doris does everything butt first. We call it souping. She soups. She goes, scoop. She's like scooping her soup. The reason we call it, because she, like, she just gets really loose with stuff. And, and at like, one point, I was trying to describe it, and Ashley goes, she's very soupy. It's like, that's it. She's soupy. Yeah. She just kind of falls on you, and it's very loosey. Well, we had a boxer. We actually yeah. have had several boxers. She was kind of soupy. She she entered rooms butt first. Yeah, she was pretty and she also, butt-centric. When she was looking at you, her butt was also looking at you. Always in a U-shape. She, she did like a U-shape. Yeah. 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 And we called her Wiggle Butt. Yeah, I like that dog. Yeah. Little much. Our friend of the podcast and friend of the three of us, Michelle, has two boxers. Oh, that's right. And they're maniacs. Yeah. Harper and Norman. Adorable Harper. maniacs. Yeah. Well, here's to you, Harper and Norman. All right. So let's just, I'm going to just bounce around. We all provided a bunch of topics. Okay. Yeah. Love this. Dolphins. Overrated. Um, Probably underrated. Overrated. No, I think they speak a language. They're probably aliens. Um, I, I just think, we have... think that dolphin stuff. Like, See, there's yeah. too much you, dolphin the stuff. The two of you always do that. <laughs> You're like, if I say horses, you go, over, overrated because you think of the horse people. You think of the girl with the horse. I'm thinking of dolphin You're people. You're thinking of dolphin people. Dolphins, though. Dolphins themselves? Overrated. I think they're rated just appropriately. It's fair. Okay. It's fair. Okay. Um, toes. <sighs> I think I threw this one out there. You did. Um, Underrated. I think that's the right answer. Yeah. I, I don't think we realize how much we need them. Yeah. I think, I think without falling. toes, you'd be falling forward a lot. You must. Yeah. I, I also think... use my toes like fingers to pick stuff up because I just don't do want to bend down. You're like socks and stuff. Oh, yeah. Put in the hamper. Uh-huh. Okay. Bubble baths. Underrated. Underrated. Overrated. Yeah, you wouldn't like that. No, I'm, I love a, sh- bubble I'm baths. a shower guy. I mean, honestly, like, I don't think I need a bathtub. I say that. I bet I'd love them, though. Oh, you'd love them. Come sitting. <laughs> of course I'd love them. <laughs> you got to get good bubble bath, too. Yeah, and then you got to bring it. your coffee. Oh, or, that's an option? Uh, yeah. Always. Oh. Coffee or whiskey. Do you consume media while doing this? Of course. Oh. I usually have my airbu- uh, AirBuds. No, that's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> my AirPods. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I have my AirPods and I listen oh. to books. And yeah, I bring my AirBuds. Yeah. All all of the movies. Bark, bark. Every one of them. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. <laughs> okay, naps. Uh, Overrated. Just stay up and go to bed later. Yeah, you know? at this point, they're overrated. I kind of feel insane after I take a nap. Yeah. I will say that long naps are overrated. That's the... That's a 20-minute power nap, highly underrated. I'm like a 5-minute, 10-minute. As long as I fall asleep and wake back up, yeah. I'm, like, refreshed. Yeah. I have a, okay. a, a new nap. outlook on life. All right. Um, I'm just going through some of James's, and so many of them are just... I know where you're Nonsense. going with them. Insanity. For instance, North <laughs> and South Dakota. <laughs> he clearly feels that that is overrated. Did I capitalize and? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a reason I did that. You're right. 
Because it should just be Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, what's going on up there? <laughs> what are they doing? I don't know. Have you been to North or South Dakota? Sure haven't. Neither have I. That's right. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't go back on that, Sarah. You had a good instinct in saying that. <laughs> no, that I, wasn't, I, I, we haven't been, so we can't have an opinion. No, no, I'm not saying that I have an opinion one way or the other. But just think about how empty it is. How quiet. It might be wonderful. Not, not my kind of quote. South Dakota is a little bit more my, my tempo, as Ashley would say. That's a reference to the movie. North Dakota's Flesh. cold Flesh. and snowy a lot of the year, yeah, isn't it? Count me out, man. Yeah. Like Fargo? Mm-mm. Yeah, no. No, don't Mm-mm. need that. Flat highway, flat snow. Nope. Don't need it. I just don't really want flat places. You know what's South Dakota, Sarah? Deadwood. Yeah. That's like kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's a little like there's so something there. North and South Dakota. Do you think that they're overrated though? Because I don't feel like they're really highly on, on a radar at all. Maybe uh, they're that's underrated. An interesting point. Okay. I'm gonna say still underrated, just to really drive my. Point. You, mean over? you mean overrated? I mean overrated. Okay. Here's something else from James's list that I know he wants to say overrated too. British people. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> We've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. Is your point that I should know that they're overrated? You've seen the street names. I love the it. The bus stops. Paddington. He loves it too. I know he does. And infuriating. Um, Furthermore, see world news, dude. You get mad. <laughs> I get mad when I'm in the UK. I love it. The BBC World News. <laughs> it's dude, enough. Enough. Underrated. Be a country or don't. <laughs> like James, the word superpower? synergy. The word synergy. You clearly want that to be. Oh, that's overrated. Yeah, it's I overrated. Hate so that word. I hate that word too. Yeah. Um. Last up from James's list, real quick. Dogs wearing sunglasses. To, I mean, oh. clearly that's underrated. Underrated. In such and, a profound way. Yeah. And they're highly rated, so they're still underrated. Yeah. Um, speaking of avocados. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. Underrated. Yeah, I'm with you. Underrated. And I think that they're, it's like the bacon thing where it's like the hype is too Annoying. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still that good. I am going to go outside here and say that they are overrated uh, and here is why uh, very seldom do i get an avocado that actually tastes that's the problem. that great well you have to buy them in season i know but we that's, live in freaking oregon you know what, Sarah, that's when you say that as soon as she said the word avocado i thought the same thing i, was I thinking, love them i love avocados love them when they're right but god when's the last time i actually had a good avocado it's been a long time. I think if you live in California, you might have a better... Or is it the same problem? I don't no, know. No, it's definitely They're easier. definitely better there. Okay. You can actually have an avocado tree in your yard if right. you want such a thing. It's a sunny fruit. Yeah. Fruit? Again, you know my rules in this. How is that a fruit? <laughs> it... Oh, because it has a seed? Oh, is that why? <laughs> no, you and I both know that's a vegetable. <laughs> God damn it. These rules, man. <laughs> okay, how about James put ska bands? Well, we just covered this in my last content pick. Uh-huh. 
So for those who may not remember, James thinks that they're underrated. Yeah, they're underrated. They make you happy. It's a genre that that originated from Jamaican dub. Then Jamaican immigrants and Caribbean immigrants went where? To the UK. And there was a lot of racism in the UK. So the skinhead culture and the Jamaican kids, they're called two-step. And you still think the British people are are overrated. Wait for it. They started because it's a small country. So they started to blend. And then bands like The Clash and Ska, Madness, A House, in the middle of our street. That band, (laughs) that's what happened. Then it goes to Southern California and you have Ska. Okay. So I guess I'll go with you on underrated. I'm going to say overrated. You would. Yeah, just to piss you off. Okay. Fancy cupcakes. Mm. Highly, highly overrated. Uh, yeah, that's the right answer. Overrated. Yeah, because I'm not really a cake. Fan. I love the look of them, mm. but they never taste very good. Fancy yeah, versus I'm with impressive you. is a different category. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need fancy cupcakes. Yeah, I don't need it to be some artisanal put cupcake. It, put it in my mouth or don't. I want it to taste good. Diana, isolate that. (laughs) (laughs) The internet. I mean, go ahead, you guys. Yeah. It's It's, underrated. It's so underweighted. Underweighted. Zendaya. The actress? Mm. The person. Oh, she's so hot right now, isn't she? Overrated. Overrated. Yeah, that's probably the right answer. She's kind of really like Kristen Stewarty, where it's just like you're just so wooden. What she's are you doing? also yeah. I was just gonna say she's simply too too tall, too too lengthy, maybe <laughs> tall and lengthy, <laughs> too square. There's a lot of square angles. She's beautiful, and she's a really she is a good actress, but I don't think she really stands out enough no. to get as much hype she's as she's getting. There. I think. She's beautiful, Sarah, in the way that, like, when you watch the movie Avatar and those really big, like, nine foot <laughs> creatures walked on to the scene, you're like, they're so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Different, different standard of beauty. We're being so mean right now. Ah! I'm sorry. <laughs> We don't actually think that you're And she's in the Marvel Disney The idea universe. that she's listening to this podcast <laughs> oh. to make sure we're not offending Zendaya. <laughs> Inflated egos. 24-hour grocery stores. Mm. Underrated. underrated. Yeah, underrated, man. Yeah, that's a luxury. Sometimes it's 3 a.m. and you just need a box of Velveeta shells and cheese. Yeah. Often. Or the weirdest things. We need cream of tartare yes or, you know you need actual things because yeah. we have to make sugar cookies right the now next, yeah or yeah 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 totally you need it we're i'm so spoiled because i have a winco like a mile from my house yeah there you go and it is 24 hours mcdonald's french fries oh underrated god so underrated underrated those things man <laughs> well in the moment Okay. Yes. Give them 10 minutes of just sitting. Oh, yeah. Awful. That's right. true for any fry. It is true yeah. for any fry. Okay, last one. How about school uniforms? Hmm. Underrated. I would agree underrated. And this is somebody who was very upset about the 
possibility of having school uniforms when I was in school. Now, mm-hmm. what does that mean, though? Like, what about school uniforms is overrated the u- or underrated? The utility, the, um, like equity. the function that it creates. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. equity. I love the idea of no one being able to tell your thing how rich or poor you are they always based end on up like brand poor stuff anyway. yeah yeah oh right i mean they could okay. still tell whether or not you have clean clothes but and i don't <laughs> my jeans could walk away on their own right I- now i'm gonna chicken out here and say they're appropriately rated that doesn't exist because i don't know you know you know, you just don't have a strong opinion on school uniforms. I don't, because I didn't grow up around them. I didn't either. Clearly, I'm not a private school guy by everything about me. <laughs> but I also didn't grow up in a country where they're, you know, if I grew up in Ireland or something, like maybe I have a better, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that was it. All right. Let's move on. So who won? Me. Oh, thought I did. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. That was Good a job. really tough game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I have my saddest fan theories that I've cultivated, mm-hmm. and I have them in three different categories. Three? Let's see. Yes. So there's first category is crossovers. Uh-huh. Second category is it was all a dream. Uh-huh. Third category is and the rest. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great category, the Ash. <laughs> Okay, first up. Okay. The theory that Gaston killed Bambi's mom. What? Okay. Is that even the same? Because there's a a head on his... Well, there's a bunch of heads. Well, okay, we got to figure out the timeline here. Oh, so that's... So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you, because... That, that dog don't hunt. That dog don't hunt. Um, so, Bambi's like the 30s. But the argument for this theory... Is that Gaston very clearly likes to hunt. Not only did we see a deer head on the wall of Gaston's tavern, but there's also a scene where we see a doe similar to Bambi's mother in the forest while Gaston is hunting. Okay, well, that's the only shred of evidence. The fact that he's got a deer head means nothing. That could be... So what? And and Who doesn't have a deer head? Beauty and the Beast is supposed to be in provincial... What is the word? Provincial life. Yeah, in France. Mm -hmm. In whatever era that is. Wrong continent. Yeah, wrong, wrong con- time period. Wrong time period. <laughs> How do we it. know though that Bambi isn't set in France? Because it's not. Because it's Bambi not. Bambi. I'll teach Was the boy. based on Austrian writer Felix Sultan's oh, 1923 wait. storybook Bambi: A Life in the Woods. So it could be Austrian. Fun story though. Before we get to why you're wrong, it's not Austria. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, no, you're right. It, his version was set in Austria. But the Austria, movie is what the movie. we're clearly talking about. Fun story about him. Sultan was a pen name for Siegmund Salzman, clearly a Jewish name. Uh-huh. And a, and Nazi Germany uh-huh. banned the novel uh-huh. in 1936, accusing it of being an allegory of Jewish persecution. Wow. Oh, But. Wow. Um, to further argue against this. The small glimpse that we see of the villain man in Bambi, he appears to be wearing 1940s hunting attire, which I did investigate. Okay. Thank you. The film is in actuality set in Maine. Ah, well, that's it. 
Okay. It's in Maine. It's in the 40s. It's Fun story behind it, though. Over. Walt Disney and his staff went to great lengths to present an accurate representation of deer and other wild animals in Bambi. So in an effort to ensure accuracy in the film's backgrounds, he had an artist spend six months sketching forest scenes in Maine's Baxter State Park. Oh, wow. Bambi was originally a roe deer, a European species. Maybe in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> But Disney decided to base the character on a mule deer from Arrowhead, California, since it was much more common to his audience. Actually, Bambi and his relatives have some attributes of white-tailed deer and some of a mule deer, so he's a little bit of a combo. Um, And when Walt Disney told his artist to model Bambi on a California mule deer, Jake Day insisted that the real Bambi had to come from Maine. So Jake Day and the white-tailed deer prevailed. He helped arrange for two four-month-old Maine fawns to model Bambi and his sweetheart, Feline. The fawns took a four-day train ride from Maine to Hollywood. (laughs) The artists didn't know how to draw deer, so they were given special instruction by an animal anatomist. Anatomist? Uh, Anatomist? Anatomist. An anatomist. Sarah's closer. Mm -hmm. And so for nine months, they sat around in a circle around a a real Bambi and Feline and sketched them as they lost their spots and grew into adulthood. Aww. And as for Beauty and the Beast, the fairy tale was written by French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve and and published in 19... Oops, sorry. In 1740. And is likely to be set as such. Right. Okay. Okay. So, well, debunked. 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 Busted. Captain Hook killed Ariel's mom. <gasps> Captain, Captain Hook killed okay. Ariel's mom. Ariel's mom track? is gone yeah. before the movie even starts. Yep. Do they even mention? They do, but in a sequel. So in one of Ariel's Ariel! sequels, Okay. which yeah. does that even really count? Because I didn't see it, so doesn't yeah. matter. I probably did. But you only did because you had a little kid. Yeah. Um, no, those came out when I was... Uh, of, yeah. of watching age. I was like huh. maybe 13. Right, well, right, 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 in right. the sequels, we learned that her mother died at the hands of an evil pirate. Oh, well, I'm perked up now. No, James sorry. is perking. <laughs> He's perking. Way to say that. Uh, when audiences first met Ariel back in 1989, she lived with one parent, her father. Mm-hmm. Ariel! (laughs) It was revealed in the sequels that Athena, the mother, was killed by pirates when Ariel was still very young. Additionally, in The Little Mermaid, Ariel's beginning, Disney fans get a glimpse of Athena. It was noted by perceptive viewers that Athena bore a striking resemblance to the mermaid featured in Peter Pan. Yeah. She shared the same face shape, hair color, and tail. I like this. Therefore, some suggest it was Peter Pan's dastardly villain, Captain Hook, who was responsible for Athena's murder. Okay, but other than that, I mean, is there any... Was there anything else tying Captain Hook to killing a mermaid in general? So, in Peter Pan, during the scene where Peter and Wendy visit the Mermaid Lagoon, the red-headed mermaid Mermaid that (laughs) strongly resembles Athena, Ariel's mom, um, teases Wendy about trying to drown her. Later, Captain Hook and Mr. Smee pass in their rowboat with Tiger Lily as their captive, and Peter Pan announces, Yep, it's Hook, all right, and the, all the mermaids scream, mm. Hook! And flee one after the other. Ah, he has afraid. a reputation for terrorizing mermaids. He also has a young girl kidnapped in his rowboat with him. Sure yeah. does. 
So maybe all girls in the area know, Captain Hook's around, you scram. So maybe this tracks. In The Little Mermaid, Ariel's beginning, there's a flashback between King Triton and Athena during their honeymoon. Wow. Well, hold on. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's back up here a little minute. A little minute? That's not how you say A little say minute. Uh, timeline here, guys. Well, ah, I haven't gotten ah, there. Not quite. Hold on. Ah. All is joyful and prosperous on their honeymoon <laughs> in Atlantica until a band of fiendish pirates crashed the party. Ah. Viewers see an imposing pirate ship approach the lagoon where Triton and the merfolk are rejoicing. Merfolk. Triton leaps into action to protect his daughters and the merfolk f- merfolk flee. All except Say that Athena. five times fast. Merfolk flee. Merfolk flee. Merfolk flee. Merfolk flee. Merfolk flee. Merfolk Wait a flea. It's their wedding? Their honeymoon. Their honeymoon and they already have all these kids? Yeah. Sin! Yes, out of wedlock. Maybe that's a different thing from well, Merfolk, though. Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe they, there's no, like, Bible I'm not situation. an expert on merculture. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> I'm like, well, I am. Um, so all the Merfolk Okay, we'll get flee. to the timeline. Hold what? on. Okay. All except for Athena. Another mermaid gets her tail trapped between two rocks, and Athena comes to rescue her in time for the young mermaid to escape. However, the pirates raid the lagoon for all its valuables, including a music box that Triton gifted to Athena. She tries to retrieve it, but this is when the pirates attack, and Athena sadly dies, leaving Triton and Ariel behind. Ah. So the Little Mermaid doesn't have a specified setting, but we can infer that it takes place sometime during the first half of the 18th century. Well, we, yeah, we can time it a little bit, right? Yeah. Be- because based on a lot of the design clothes elements. yeah right the movie and its sequel and prequels take place in atlantica which is somewhere near denmark or norway mm-hmm. likely in denmark where the original story's author hails from and peter pan takes place in like the 30s victorian london victorian london oh so, so that's like late 1800s ish it's but, like Victorian. turn of the century. But where the hell is Neverland? But that's the thing. You, th- I don't think that's a time because it's a right. different so, realm. I mean, so maybe... I'll let you guys think about it. I put, I doubt it. My Maybe Atlantica is under the Neverland. <laughs> yeah. No, that doesn't track. Hey, you know what? I'm ignoring work calls right now. <laughs> Yeah. To do a deep dive on this. Yeah, my phone's been buzzing, too. Yeah, well, (laughs) here's the thing. This stuff matters. It does. We need to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) I think... I'm going to say I think it could be true. You think it could be true? I think this one tracks. I think Captain Hook easily could be responsible. I think he could be responsible. I don't think he But there's no real proof. Yeah. And why? You know, why? That's my question, is why? Yeah, and he deserves, you know, our respect and a trial on his peers. <laughs> Are you his peer? It could be. Okay, last from the crossovers. Okay. Geppetto is actually Dopey from Snow White. Wait, what? <laughs> no. Hold on. You can't just say things. Internet. <laughs> this one I have rated Gross. Geppetto, say, you know. say, say it again. Say it again. Geppetto is actually Dopey from Snow White. 
So according to one fan, Dopey and Geppetto are actually one and the same. This fan believes that Dopey was never a dwarf, but a human all along. And when he grew tall, the other dwarves abandoned him. As though dwarves aren't human? Wait, wait, yeah, hold on. (laughs) What is that? Well, in a Disney way, they're pretty shitty about dwarves. Yeah. Yes. But that's that's a funny theory. Yeah, totally. And so what, wait, the what theory that he was a kid that he was a human. Wait, so the theory is that Geppetto was a child, and that when As he grew taller, dopey and yeah. unable to speak because he's dopey. But there's no no, there's no there's nothing. No, that's that doesn't. And why would all. the other dwarves abandon him just for getting bigger? They seem pretty welcoming and like accepting of different sizes. Yeah, yeah, they do. They're not sizists. Wait, is there any other evidence other than just no, I they, think this and that? They just so they just said he went on to lead a quiet life in Italy, though his love for Snow White made him model Pinocchio after the child that he wished they had. Ew! Oh yeah, it's always so gross. Oh, and if you haven't heard my one of my Patreon, um, oh Pinocchio fan, what is it called? Fanfic Disney uh-huh. fanfic. Uh huh. You'll know how disgusting that concept is yeah Ugh. real gross so i'm gonna say no and also gross no and gross yeah i'm with you no okay. and gross moving on to the next one okay this is the it was all the dream category <laughs> okay oh boy now we're entering things that i i kind of like okay so nemo never survived the opening scene <gasps> oh just like a flash of his life so there has been suspicion over whether or not Nemo actually survived the attack that took the lives of his mother and siblings. What was the attack again? Barracuda. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Barracuda. Barracuda. Okay. Um, Some believe that he didn't, and that finding Nemo was, in fact, Marlin's journey through the five stages of grief. Oh, my God. The dad? (laughs) Oh, I love this stuff. It is also important to note that Nemo in er, in Latin means nothing. Didn't we? Oh, didn't we do, like, if a director... Yeah. And we, that was Finding Dory. It was Finding Dory, and it was like Memento. Yes. Yes. Where she had to keep writing down. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and so killed my mom on her fin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I believe it. I'm. I'm. I'm here for it. The problem is, there's like. <sighs> yeah. The right. why. The why is still a thing. The why. And there's too much that happens without Marlin. Right. With just Nemo. Yeah. Yeah. Nemo well, all and- of it exists. Nemo and Basically Dennis. all of it. Marlon's barely okay. in it, to be fair. Okay, so he's just imagining all of it happening. He's just gone insane with grief because his wife and millions of little egg- baby eggs were all okay. eaten. Okay, yeah. I sure. like that. I buy it. Super sad and dark, but yeah, I like I love that. it. Okay, same vein. Okay. Neverland is actually a version of the afterlife. Yes. I am fully on board. I like totally. That. Yeah, right. So they actually died that night? So some speculate... Mm. Well, yes, because but they come back, right? So some speculate, including myself, that the reason that nobody ages in Neverland could be because nobody there is actually alive. Mm-hmm. The author who originally wrote Peter Pan had a brother who passed away in childhood. From Wikipedia, when James Barry was six years old, his elder brother David, their mother's favorite, died in an ice skating accident on the day before his fourteenth birthday. Oof. This left his mother devastated, and Barry tried to fill David's place in his mother's attention, even wearing David's clothes and whistling in the manner that he did. Barry's mother found comfort in the fact that her her dead son would rem- Let me start this over for emphasis. 
Barry's mother found comfort in the fact that her dead son would remain a boy forever, never to grow up and leave her. Yikes. No, that's not comforting to me at all. No. Hmm. So, I mean, whether, like, if you think of these in literal terms or not, a lot of these stories derive from this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I write a story, is called, you know, and there's a thing called Neverland in it, but it's very clearly about never growing up mm-hmm. or staying the same, which mm-hmm. is really like heaven or the afterlife, right? I mean, I think a lot of people picture heaven that way, that like you are the way that you are when you get there or you're your perfect self. Yeah. So in this reality, Uh, would Captain Hook really be killing people's moms? No. So I just debunked that again. Yeah. And how do you and the, the whole like they come back and they go to Neverland and it's like it's a place you can go to. Kind of. Sure. I think it's more of like a place in your mind. That's a place in your heart. Right, which is like the an, the metaphor of a lot of these movies and yes. stories. It's like never grow, you know. Don't let when you become an adult, don't let go of the magic. And Neverland is a place you can go to at any point. It's like Disneyland for us. But I don't know. I I do. I think that this one has too much going for it. Um, so many believe that Neverland was inspired by the author's envisioning of his brother's journey to the afterlife. Which I afterlife. get that. You just got real Southern. Afterlife. It's afterlife. <laughs> so several quotes from the book. To die would be an awfully big adventure. Oh my goodness. Another quote. All children except one grow up. Aww. And then there's the boy who wouldn't grow up. Mm-hmm. His brother. Yeah. And then the last one I have is, you know that place between sleep and, and awake? The place where you can still remember dreaming? That's where I'll always love you. That's where I'll be waiting. Oh my god, I just oh got chills. My yeah. god, I forgot how <laughs> profound the story is. Wait, there is a point where he says to die would be an awfully great adventure? Yeah. Who says that? Peter. Peter Pan, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Why does he... St- Hey, because it's what? like he's like I'm not afraid of dying. To die would be an awful big adventure. And then later on, I think Jim, Jim Barry, what it? James Barry writes to live what? would be an awful big adventure. Oh right, right, right. So they're setting it up for the like, yeah, yeah. the real the real gift is life. Okay. So to me, I believe it. I'm voting yes. I'd say totally. I like it. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Robin Williams, right? He played yeah Peter Pan. Remember the movie, What Dreams May Come? Yes. Not Wet Dreams May Come. <laughs> right. What Dreams May Come. <laughs> wet Dreams May Come. <laughs> it's simply too close to Wet Dreams May Come. Anyway, that was a movie. Yeah. And oh boy, was it sad. Oh, it was awful. Oh yeah, it centered God. around suicide. Yeah, I mean, there are some movies where you just like... Well, don't need to see that again. Yep. It was good. That was one of those. I Have saw you seen it Manchester by the Sea? Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. again. Why no. would you? I was so pissed. Yeah. Like, our kid died, and then we got a divorce, and then we couldn't figure it out. But then I admit I still love you. Then it just sort of ends. <laughs> and they just didn't work it out. He's like, but I just can't get over it, and I... I, I'm telling you, I love you. And and like, she's oh, like, I love you too. He's going to have this like surrogate son. And nope. Nope. Yeah, that, you that think that's going to happen. Gonna happen. Nope. It just sort of ends and everyone's still super bummed. Okay. Next one. Okay. Carl passed away at the beginning of Up. 
Okay. Carl's the old guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, just when we thought me. just when we thought Carl's story couldn't get any sadder, some fan had to go and put together this theory. Oh, this so theory he's... states that Carl actually passed away in his sleep the night after learning that he had to leave his house for a nursing home. <laughs> The rest of the film was Carl's mesmerizing journey to the afterlife. Oh my yep. god. That one tracks maybe the most. I buy it. I'm going to vote no. Okay, well. I'd rather believe he took a hot air balloon ride across the world with a little boy. But what seems more likely? An old guy <laughs> that's pretty alone and bummed. And the only thing that he's holding on to is this physical place. Right. And they're like, you gotta move, old mm-hmm. guy. This is going to be a condo or whatever it is. So he falls asleep, never wakes up, Oof. floats away into the floats afterlife. Floats right away. Okay, huh. last up in the it was all a dream category is Aladdin was all just a sales pitch for the lamp. I think this one's cute. Wait, you're going to have to give me some So, <laughs> so many amazing things happen throughout Aladdin that many forget that the whole movie started with a salesman trying to hawk Genie's lamp, among right, other right, items. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Fans have started to wonder if Aladdin, Jasmine, and everyone else were even real, or if this wasn't all made up by the crafty salesman. Ooh. I love it. Ooh. Like... He buy this lamp. Yes. The lamp. This is the story behind this item. Remember? Still good. Still good. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So he's like trying to sell this thing. And he tells the story. Mm-hmm. I like that I like one. it. I, I love cute. that. I think it's very cute. Yeah. That totally tracks. Cute's not the word I'd use, Ash, but. It's cute. She's got a different definition of cute. It's kind of a cute story. I think it's cute. I've told you guys the story of how much Ashley loves horror movies and that every once in a while, get up on a Sunday morning, I'll walk out to the living room and all I hear from the other side of the house is, no, dear God, no, please stop. Then it's just, just a movie she's watching, just a, just another goddamn horror movie that she's watching. Someone's tied up. Someone's being tortured. She's just sipping her coffee yeah. and petting her kitties and petting her happy kid. as a clam. Good morning. <laughs> Hi. Dear God, no. <laughs> Ashley's version of church. Or it's like, <laughs> it's well, me. Sunday morning horror movie. Hail payment. Hail Hail payment. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now it's time for and the rest. And okay. the rest. We've got Andy's mom. In Toy Story yep. was Jesse's original owner. Yes. Which one's Jesse? Jesse's the, the girl. cowboy girl. The cowgirl. She used to. Oh, okay. I so like that. in Toy Story 2, Jesse recounts how she was abandoned by her original owner. Well, many are now pointing their fingers towards Andy's mom as the culprit. After all, it would make sense that she'd pass on her love of cowboys and cowgirls to her son. Oh, I like that. That's actually quite clever. The evidence uncovered by John Negroni, who is the father of the Pixar theory, more on that later, mm-hmm. um, a while back suggests that Andy's mom was the previous owner of Jesse, the toy Woody meets in Toy Story 3, who remains heartbroken after being abandoned by her owner, Emily, and stored in a box for years. Evidence in favor. In the films, Andy wears a cowboy hat with white threading. Mm-hmm. This is obviously very different to Woody's hat, which has brown threading. But it is like Jesse's hat, which has white threading, too. And it also looks just like the hat that Emily, Jesse's owner, leaves on the bed in the flashback shot of Jesse abandoning 
Mm-hmm. Jesse oh, being so abandoned. Oh, so could be the young version of his mom. Mm-hmm. Keeps the hat around, squirts out a kid, hands down the toy to kid, and the hat's floating around the house too. So the right. kid wears the so- hat. She abandons her to, like, go to school or she, what? Um, so Emily is shown moving on from cowgirls to 70s psychedelia. Well, hold on. Is the giving mom's, is us the an mom's idea of the Emily? era? Yes. She, Jesse oh. says her name. Well, no. That, no, well, that, no, no, no. Yeah. Jesse's yeah. original owner is yes. named Emily. Yes, correct. Which is supposed to be the kid's mom. In this theory. In this theory only. Right. Well, that's what I'm asking. Is We the, don't know. Oh, you Stay tuned to the answer oh. wow. so wow. she sh- she's shown giving away all of her cowgirl crap for 70s psychedelia giving us an idea of the era meaning that jesse's previous owner would be old enough to be andy's mom mm-hmm. sure furthermore as john negroni points out in his piece we don't see emily's hat in the box of discarded belongings <gasps> when there is a discarded bo- box of all of her crap including jesse we do not see the hat so she could have kept it mm-hmm um, so she must have kept it. Maybe she handed it down to her firstborn. Sure. Lastly, we know that Pixar is perfectly capable of sneaking this subplot in without it being overt. But <clears throat> according to the art of Toy Story, Andy's mom's real first name is actually Jennifer. Uh-huh. So it is Jennifer Davis, not Emily Davis. Uh-huh. Plus, wouldn't you think that Jesse would recognize yes. her abandoner? Also, yeah. if she got rid of her how did she end up back with her kid yeah oh, so yeah. i hadn't even thought of that yeah okay okay well, Last, that's kind of i really it. liked that i idea. really liked it. it it lost its trail there but i like that kind of stuff a lot right okay but it's i think it's debunked yeah but it's it's a little neat it's neat okay my favorite of all time is climate change to blame for the cars's lack of humans Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Cars take over the world when humans can't survive anymore. Uh huh. So, Cars is one Pixar film that is completely humanless. There's no humans at all. Not a, Not a one. one. While we've seen animal heavy Disney films, the fact that the world Cars takes place in was clearly built by humans. Are there animals in it? No. No, so I don't think so. And it's not even other inanimate objects right it's Mm-mm. just cars, cars. Mm-hmm. so cars tractors semi-trucks cup cars yep okay so huh. it it makes us wonder because clearly everything was built by humans for human purposes mm-hmm. right where yeah, did yeah, yeah. where did all of the humans go a popular oh. fan theory is that they were all wiped out by pollution or some other kind of mass <laughs> extinction event Wait, hold on is that true though because there's like radiator springs has buildings and it's like a city but it's for cars. Or is you know it adapted to like fit cars? Pol- uh, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe now the vehicles are in charge. <laughs> right. By the way, the vehicles don't have hands. So how I, yeah, are they how- adapting buildings? Also, it this would make more sense <laughs> if it were like robot land Ro- the movie about robots yeah transformer cars transformer cars hey no, hater gas powered this is the truth this is gospel and i believe it i actually really like this theory i think so it's great this concept is explored much further in the pixar theory mm. which we will cover in depth in a future episode but i was hoping that wow. sarah would read us this article i found that talks more about the cars situation to the pixar theory specifically how it applies to cars okay okay so 
This article is called, This Disturbing Theory Explains Pixar's Cars. Don't recoil, think it through as best you can, and I think you'll find I'm onto something. Ooh. By Jason Torchinsky. Like that name. While I enjoy Pixar's Cars franchise, I have some significant issues with the movies and the overall universe that the sentient cars live in. Today, I want to address something beyond my well-publicized disagreement over eye placement. There's a link to that. <laughs> yeah. This is more philosophical and physiological. I have been giving the issue some thought and I've come up with a theory. A horrific, disturbing theory. For anyone not aware, the Cars series takes place in a universe much like our own, but entirely free of humans, or, as far as we can tell, any biological animal life, at least above a microscopic level. At all. Plant life is abundant and essentially the same as our Earth. The dominant form of life in the Cars universe are sentient automobiles with human-level intelligence, the ability to produce technology and an organized civilization at least on par with 20th or 21st century Earth. Now, we could just take this at face value and accept this is just a universe with sentient cars, (laughs) but there's some small details that suggest there's more going on here, that perhaps the Cars universe isn't a different universe at all. Perhaps it is our own universe, tens of thousands of years in the future, and perhaps humans are not gone, just very, very different. Wow, my God. (laughs) I love it so much. So the eyeballs are like, they're just morphed into, okay. Okay, so they have a picture here of one of the cars with arrows pointing. Why doors? Why windows? Right. Why mirrors? (gasps) Why door handles? The main hint is that the cars still retain details like windows, doors, and door handles, which would only be needed if there were beings who would need to open the cars and get inside them. In short, humans. Us. Ew. There's also the fact that the cars in cars all speak known human languages. We've heard mostly English, but other languages such as Japanese and Italian have come up in Cars properties. Uh. It's also been made clear that the entire Earth, which looks pretty much just like Earth as we know it, is entirely populated with Cars. And there are countries just like on our Earth, with cultures and accents and traditions that match our human universe exactly. Right. I'd just like to point out that I'm reading this with my really bad glasses on. That's why I'm stumbling so much. You're you're good. You're doing good. better than I would do. This even gets specific enough to include human-derived costuming, such as the hat and (laughs) Spanish-influenced ornamentation Mater wore in a car's short where he was a matador. (laughs) There's no reason why this would happen unless the car's universe is the same as ours, just free of human people. And it's not as though humans never existed. If that was the case, why would the sentient cars have doors and windows and side rearview mirrors all those things are specifically designed for a human's use from inside a car they haven't quite evolved enough yet plus they use the same written human language as we do such as a written language such a written language would make no sense if you were a car the letters are far too fussy and hard to write with tires and wheels (laughs) (laughs) if cars develop their own written language it would become some sort of skid marked base glyph system right <laughs> so what happened to all the humans? Why are they gone? And how did cars become sentient and fully immersed in human cultures? Uh. The answer is simple and yes, disturbing. <laughs> the humans are the cars. Oh no. Well, more specifically, there hu- actually are human beings inside the cars 
and are the source of the car's personality, intelligence, everything. Yes. The mechanical car is just the external body of these human-derived creatures. Uh. I call this the homunculus theory. <laughs> this diagram should clear up what I mean. And this diagram oh, is shit. fucking horrifying. <laughs> We'll, we'll post it, yes? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's explore this in more detail. A history of how the Cars universe came to be. The Cars universe was born from our own, and it got its start several decades from our present time. The coming age of autonomous cars was arriving, and autonomous cars were rapidly becoming common. Uh -huh. True gearheads who loved to drive, like most of the readers of our site, gradually became a more niche group, and society gradually forced human driving enthusiasts to the margins of drivable society. Eventually, some communities of gearheads started to develop away from the strongholds of the autonomous car mainstream, where people could still drive their own cars. Yeah. This went on for a while, but at some point, something disastrous happened. Some biological calamity or plague occurred and killed off the vast majority of people in animal life. The survivors were the gearheads in their remote communities away from the vast population centers with their highly restrictive human driving rules and insane downtown congestion charges. Mm -hmm. Whatever killed off most of the people must have made outdoor life still dangerous for animal life. So the surviving humans began to spend more and more time in their cars. Right. Eventually, cybernetic interfaces between <laughs> humans and cars were developed, setting yes. the path of yes. human automotive yes. evolution down a whole new path. As time went on, this symbiotic relationship between man and car grew even stronger. Cars become bodies to house the humans within, keeping them safe but closed off to the world. Genetic engineering was used along with artificial amniotic vats. <laughs> Like the matrix to produce yeah. new humans right, right right this was a lot easier since being in your car all the time and having to having the stunted social skills of a truly hardcore gearhead made mating problematic anyway <laughs> oh, dude, this eventually is, so much sense automated robotic factories to produce cars were built <laughs> and human babies were produced in amniotic oh, vats no. and then directly embedded within an automotive's exoskeleton body <laughs> 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 While conventional automotive drivetrains were used for the automotive system, machinery to convert the hydrocarbons in gasoline, diesel, or other fuels into a food-like nutrient solution for the internal human was developed, Ew. allowing the car humans to subsist on the same petrochemicals needed for the car engines to run. Again, all of this is automated, self-sustaining, cranking out new organisms every day. Interfaces from the brain to the car's electrical system were developed, along with mechanical linkages to allow for steering and suspension manipulation via the limbs. <laughs> Solid and liquid wastes were produced through the car's exhaust system, and in most cases converted into gaseous exhaust with some occasional particulates. This is why all the cars and cars are fundamentally human in personality, culture, and intelligence. Inside, they are human. There's literally, oh. well, fictitiously, literally, a genetically engineered, stunted, freakishly emaciated looking human inside every car in the car's <laughs> universe. That's why you never see the doors open. The humans can't survive the exposure while there's no convertibles with open tops and, or sorry, th why there's no convertibles with tops open 
and why cars may employ firearms against one another. You can kill a car if you shoot the small human inside. Also, it finally gives a good explanation why the cars have massive human eyes, well, irises at least, in the windshield. The windshield is a massive magnifying lens con connected to a visor <laughs> on the human's face. <laughs> So you see the irises and nothing else because the white plastic of the visor hides the nose bridge and other details. And the distortions from the lens make the irises seem like huge, highly mobile discs on the windshield. What's even more fucked up is that the cars of cars probably aren't even aware of the situation. They've existed like this for so long, they don't know anything different. Culture, language, customs like racing, all of it is driven by memory fragments from what's left of the collective human consciousness, oh my God, driving the cars to live like human ancestors did millennia ago. Oh my God. They are no more aware of their situation than humans are of their single-celled organism ancestors. So there you have it, the one theory about the cars universe that explains everything, where the humans went, where, when cars takes place, why the cars have the exact same human culture, languages, writing, and traditions, because they are humans inside. And even better, those humans are the gearheads who loved cars so much that they willingly devised an evolutionary plan that merged themselves with the cars. That's also why none of the cars are psychopaths unable to accept their current physicality. Right, they're not fighting it. Because the humans that started the culture and life of the sentient cars wanted it that way. And, I hope you realize... Those people that eventually became the cars, they're us. Dun, dun, dun. Good job, Sarah. Well done. And this is from jalopnik.com, which is clearly a gearhead mm -hmm. magazine. Okay, so Fantastic. I have a couple questions. You're more familiar with the movies than I am. Uh-huh. Are there babies in cars? Like baby cars? Uh-uh. You know, like mom no. holding a baby well, or something? There might be kid cars. There's got to be, right? I don't think there are. Like, hey, Dad, let's go racing. Yeah, there's gotta I, be. I think there's little kid cars, but... But I guess that is on track with what they're saying. Like, your exoskeletal, your bone structure grows as a car. Mm-hmm. So maybe that answers that. The diagram that is included in this article, James, I still haven't you'll seen have it. to see it. Oh. My. God. It's like... The a little it's like skinny white. It's like Fury Road, but like way more upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my God. That's so disturbing. The other thing I was thinking, guys, while you were reading this, I don't know why, but I kept thinking of the movie Waterworld. <laughs> where Kevin Costner's has character. Gills? He has He's got gills and webbed feet. Yeah. And hands. <laughs> because he's the first of the new kind of person. Right. Because it is a, say it with me, a, a water, water world. world. One of the worst movies, but best ideas kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. It's like the new human. Ugh. Ugh. I love that one, man. Yeah, that's my favorite. That was really well thought out, too. Uh -huh. uh, oh. that, that guy has oh. my heart. Totally. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was really well done. Good job reading it, too. I would have fumbled that the entire time. I fumbled a lot. Well, at we least all you fumble. have an excuse. Mostly it's because I couldn't see very well, but it's also because I can't read words out loud. I can't read. I can't, I can't read, read none. Good. 
Uh, sources for everything else were CBR.com, The Sun, NME.com, and TheThings.com. Okay. Good job, Ash. Yeah, seriously. Once again. Okay, well, uh, after those horrifying theories, <laughs> we'd like to recommend some content to y'all. Um, I am going to start it off with the 2019 movie, The Peanut Butter Falcon, with none other than Shia LaBeouf. And he is, um, he's kind of a, a little bit of an outlaw, and he takes off on the road. He's running from some people, and simultaneously, this guy, he's, I don't know how old he is, he's maybe 20 or so, he is a Down syndrome person, as he explains to everyone in the movie. Um, his name's Zach Gotsigan. I'm sure I'm saying that Down wrong. Syndrome? Yeah. Yeah. He is incredible. So he lives in a home with um, Bruce Dern and he escapes. He keeps trying to escape from his room and out into the world. And Bruce Dern helps him escape. And he gets out and runs into Shia LaBeouf and they become buddies. And I love it. it is such a great movie. I've heard nothing I, but good it's things. It's so good. Is it like feel um, kind of feel good nostalgia or not nostalgia but like a Oh, it's It's not a bummer movie. No. Okay, it's great. not a bummer oh, at all. It's a really it. good feel good movie. Uh Dakota Johnson is the woman who um she's from like all the uh what's it called? 50 Shades 50 of Shades, Grey. which I've never oh, seen, yeah. but I know her from other things too. She plays the like the person who's in charge of him at the care home mm -hmm. and so she then has to find him and he's off on the run and he's obsessed with a wrestler like a wwf wrestler from a long time ago mm -hmm. who is played by thomas hayden church i love him um it's it's a beautiful movie and i highly highly recommend it love in it. fact josh watched it and told me to watch it and then we were flipping through stuff on netflix and i he was like oh this is the one i was telling you about and he's like i would honestly watch it again right now so he had only watched it maybe a week prior and we watched it again it was so good great love it can't wait i've been wanting to watch that forever good pick okay my recommendation is a show that we just started so to be fair i think we've only watched three episodes ashley you've seen the whole thing so this is new for me and i've read the whole book too yeah so this show uh it's a stephen king story called the outsider mm. have you seen yes this oh, okay i've seen some of it i haven't mm. gotten super far into it i'm sure our editor mixer deanna has seen this because she does a stephen i didn't king. know it was a stephen king thing yeah Jason Bateman, mm -hmm. the guy from Arrested Development, is in it. A um, bunch of other people, people you'd recognize. And all I'll say is a murder happens in a small town community. Everyone knows each other. And Jason Bateman gets arrested for this crime. And at the time that I'm watching it, you don't really know if he did it or not. Right. Um, and there's some extra Stephen King-esque vibes going yes. on at the same time. Yeah. So, so far, seems like a great show, and I recommend it. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. My animal hero of the week is the hamster. The hamster. Yes. Okay. The one so, and only. Per the week magazine, and thank you, Mom, for sending me this, because she knew I would enjoy it. If you were to guess the heaviest drinker in the animal kingdom, you might pick the mighty elephant or the beer and wine-loving human. Mm -hmm. You'd be wrong. Oh. 
because pound for pound, the biggest boozer is the hamster. (laughs) One study (laughs) found that the diminutive rodents can guzzle 18 grams of alcohol per per kilogram of body weight a day, equivalent to a human downing 1.5 liters of 190 proof Everclear. (laughs) Oh my god. I wonder why. Another noted that hamsters don't even get that drunk when they hit the hard stuff on a wobbling scale from zero no wobbling to four falling over and not getting up again the rodents (laughs) never ever uh, the the rodents never average above a 0.5 who figured this out even when being given (sighs) the highest dose of alcohol in fact hamsters prefer hard spirits to water you just put a bottle of unsweetened Everclear on the ca- in the cage, and they love it. Co-author Gwen Lupfer from the University of, At- of Alaska Anchorage tells The Atlantic. In the wild, hamsters hoard rye, gla- rye grass seeds and fruit in their burrows, <gasps> then eat the stockpile as it ferments and becomes more alcoholic over the winter. How funny. Rodents, the rodents seem to drink not for pleasure, but for calories. Research has shown that giving the rodents sucrose water can suppress their thirst for booze, but calorie-free saccharin water cannot. Amazing. That is amazing. So they're like frat boys. They just want to get messed up. And there's a picture of a hamster, and he looks like what? He looks like Dexter. (laughs) It's totally. (laughs) So as long as there wasn't any like creepy animal abuse stuff to find that out, I'm, I'm good with that. Oh, there was for no. sure. Yeah, Some jerk scientists. Let's just get these hamsters drunk. Let's get they this hamster ever clear. They can't get them drunk because they On just the wobbly scale. A point five. God, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's incredible. I love that so good, much. Good information for the world to have. That's for yeah. sure. This is not um, a recommendation to get your hamster drunk. No, but if you do, we want video. Yeah. Well, we did it, guys. Another we episode. did. We did it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. See See you real soon. soon. I almost harmonized. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WRHatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles. And you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show. And we'll be back here next week. 